Someone said that they would have asked for directions and made it to Bethlehem on time. They would have also helped with the delivery. They would have cleaned up the stables, made a decent meal, and brought some practical gifts. Huh? Just, just a thought. So today I want to begin the message by reading that out of the Word of God in Matthew chapter 2, verse 1. And it's the story of wise men. Now these are magi. They're kind of uh, the equivalent of the Jedi Knights at the time. Okay, the, These guys have it all going together. I mean, they are experts in math, science, astronomy, history, agriculture, and even, at their beliefs, the occult. They are mostly, uh, uh, they are, let me say this, they are even educated on weaponry and uh, self-defense. I mean, these guys are the teachers and experts of their countries. Some believe that even uh, in Persia, the king had to have a lot of their traits because they, were ta- they taught the king, but also they had to have their permission, the kings had to have their permission to even be anointed to be king of their country. Th- these guys are not just, you know, uh, librarians, so to speak. These guys are the influence of their country. And here's how it goes in Matthew chapter 2, verse 1. After Jesus was born in Bethlehem in Judea during the time of King Herod, Magi from the east came to Jerusalem. And they asked, where is the one who is born king of the Jews? We saw a star in the east and have come to worship him. When King Herod heard this, he was disturbed and all Jerusalem with him. When he had called together all the people's chief priests and teachers of the law, he asked them where the Christ was to be born. And so what he's doing is... He's calling his wise men and saying, these wise guys or wise men showed up and they want to know this, so you tell me. So the wise men of Jerusalem and Israel get together and they say, this is what the word of God says. In verse 5, it says, in Bethlehem and Judea, they replied, for this is what the prophet has written. But you, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are by no means least among the rulers of Judah. For out of you will come a ruler who will be the shepherd of my people Israel. Now listen to that. For out of you will come a ruler who will be the shepherd of my people Israel. Then Herod called the Magi secretly and found out from them the exact time the star had appeared. He sent them to Bethlehem and said, Go and make careful search for the child. As soon as you find him, report back to me, so that I too may go and worship him. After they had heard the king, they went on their way, and the star they had seen in the east went ahead of them until it stopped over the place where the child was. When they saw the star, they were overjoyed. On coming to the house, they saw the child with his mother Mary, and they bowed down and worshipped him. Then they opened their treasures and presented him with gifts. Out of the story, do you know what they presented him? Just seeing if you're still with me. Gold and incense and myrrh. Some people hear it as frankincense. In verse 12, it says, Then having been warned in a dream not to go back to Herod, they returned to their country by another route. Now, to sum up that, I believe that the wise men were satisfied with their Christmas. And this is the first Christmas as we know it. And I want you to think, through this. If you were considered one of these guys that are going to come and worship Jesus, 
I want you to think of all the obstacles that they must have went through. If you've ever been on a journey, uh, Babylon, uh, when the children of Israel went into captivity, they say was somewhere around 800 miles. So there's possible that they could have traveled 800 miles to 1,000 miles to come to find the star in Jerusalem and so forth. But they did not have cars, trains, planes, automobiles to travel. So they were actually on probably some kind of animal, camel or donkey or whatever, or walking. Think about our journey in our life and how Christmas sometimes begins to be landmarks throughout our life. And here's a group of men that have chosen to have a purpose of coming into finding out where the king of the Jews are to be born. All the obstacles must have been amazing when they got to their destination and they looked back on all that they had been through and and then said, it is well worth it what we have done. But also, I, I was just thinking about it, especially this morning when I was going over my message, when was it in their trip that they crossed the line and they said, we've come too far to turn back? And this morning, I hope that you've been there and that you're past that point in your life with your walk with Jesus Christ. Because we all go through obstacles and we all go through surprises of disappointment because of unfulfilled expectations. But I hope you're to the place where you say, you know what, I've come too far to turn back in my walk with Jesus Christ. If not, you'll always be looking for an opportunity for someone to bump you off your course and send you back. But here's what I look at. I hope all of us have decided to pursue things this Christmas that can't disappoint us. Now, wouldn't that be great? If we get to a place where we have chosen to pursue things, that there's no way of being disappointed. I began to think about why is Christmas such a different season than any other season or holiday that we serve or that we uh, take place in in America. Stop and think about it. There's holidays, and when you think about Christmas as a holiday, you know, in Europe they say a holiday is like a vacation. And, and some people think of Christmas as a vacation, a getaway, time that they can spend with family, and sometimes you don't spend any time, really considerable amount of time, until Christmas. And then there's time off and family gets together, even sometimes even more than Thanksgiving. But also because we call it the holidays and because Thanksgiving is so close and and New Year's is soon behind, that there's a sense of being together and and it's just different. We don't take a week off for Fourth of July, even though that's important to our country. You know, Mother's Day is, is, you know, who would not celebrate Mother's Day? If you do, don't say it out loud. But we don't take a week for Mother's Day. But there's something different about Christmas because it's not just one day, is it? Even though we know that Christmas comes on the 25th, really we would be disappointed if nothing, we couldn't hear any Christmas music. I hope you're not bah humbug, you know, that kind of guy. But if you could only hear Christmas on the 25th, there was a law, no Christmas music, no caroling until the 25th. And at midnight of the 25th, no, see, some people here I can tell already go, man, that might not be too bad. Well, humbug to you. You disappoint me. Anyway. But the thought is that it's more than one day. And it, it, there's so many things that make up Christmas. Like I said when I started, there, there's something about parties and, and getting together and Christmas trees and, and different kinds of ornaments. And, and, and for my family, we kind of have this set Christmas. And, and, and there, there's just something about Christmas that it's not just one day, but it, it's, it's, it's a lot of days. 
So how can you make a Christmas better than other Christmases? Today I want to just look at two things. And maybe, I don't know, maybe you'll say, well, Pastor, those are common sense things. But you know what I found out is a pastor is common sense isn't common practice all the time. So I want to make them known because... Sometimes what you think I know, I don't know. And sometimes what I think everybody knows, it's not true. Not everybody knows them. So the first thing I want you to see is kind of have a better than usual Christmas is seek the right thing. See, see, there's a lot of people that would say, you know, to have a great Christmas, Pastor, I just got to have snow. Disappointment's coming. You live in Texas. You know, Pastor, I, I, I had this great Christmas one time, and you know what? I, I, to have a great Christmas, i got to have every one of my children with me from the 24 to the 26. And, and I disappoint them, even though family's great. And, and all the things that we put into the things, we're not seeking the right thing, getting the right present. And, and so many times, again, disappointment is thinking that if... You know, and, and your pastor isn't anything any different. If I don't watch it, I begin to rape because if you have your first Christmas, and, and you know what I'm talking about, your first Christmas, it's the best Christmas because you don't have anything to compare it with. The only problem is you're so young you can't even remember it. It's kind of like going on your first cruise. We laugh about this with friends in this church that have gone on a cruise before. The first time you're like, this is awesome. The second time you're going, well, the first one was a little bit better than this compared to that. And by the fifth cruise, you're like, I tell you what, this thing is wrong. Why am I not drinking tea? Could someone give me a glass of tea? And, and you look and you go, what's wrong with you? It's because you're comparing. And, and, and you know, sometimes at Christmas, I, I found out that some of the best Christmases was this that happened here and this happened here. And ha Have you ever got to the place where you put so much into it again that it, somebody couldn't show up? And you're like, that Christmas was a B rating. Ha has anybody watched the, the Christmas story, the, the movie? You know, maybe you didn't know what it's titled, but it's you'll shoot your eye out if you get a BB gun. Anybody ever watch that? Watch this video of someone, little little boy that's expecting something good that he's been looking forward to. Expectation. I appointed a member of the Little Orphan Annie Secret Circle and is entitled to all the honors and benefits occurring there too. Signed, Little Orphan Annie. Countersigned, Pierre Andre in ink. Honors and benefits already at the age of nine. Come on, let's get on with it. I don't need all that jazz about smugglers and pirates. Listen tomorrow night for the concluding adventure of the Black Pirate Ship. Now it's time for Annie's secret message for you members of the Secret Circle. Remember, kids, only members of Annie's Secret Circle can decode Annie's secret message. Remember, Annie is depending on you. Set your pins to B2. Here is the message. 12, 11. I am two, in my first eight, secret meeting. 14, 
Pierre was in great voice tonight. I could tell that tonight's message was really important. Three, twenty-five. That's a message from Annie herself. Remember, don't tell anyone. Ninety seconds later, I'm in the only room in the house where a boy of nine could sit in privacy and decode. <laughs> Aha, B. <laughs> I went to the next. E. The first word is B. S. It was coming easier now. U. <laughs> Come on, Mom. Come on, Mom. I'll be right there, Mom. T. Oh, be sure to. Be sure to what? What was little orphan Annie trying to say? Be sure no, to what? Annie has got to go. Will you please come out? All right, Ma. I'll be right out. I was getting closer now. The tension was terrible. What was it? The fate of the planet may hang in the balance. No, Annie's got to go. I'll be right out. Right out loud. She almost there. My fingers flew. My mind was a steel trap. Every pore vibrated. It was almost clear. Yes, 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 yes. Be sure to drink your Ovaltine. Ovaltine? A crummy commercial? <laughs> <coughs> Did you guys get that? That's that's good stuff right there. What's the guy's name? Ralphie. Ralphie's expectations was limited a little bit there, wasn't it? And, and sometimes our expectations on Christmas are wrong because we're expecting something that really is something that can disappoint us. But when we focus again on the main thing of Jesus Christ, everything begins to line up. The, 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 the passage in verse 2 there, it says... Here comes the wise men, and it says, Where is the one who is born king of the Jews? We saw a star in the east and have come to worship him. How in the world did they know that he was going to be the king of the Jews? Have you ever thought about that? These people are in Israel, or from Israel. They're, they're not Israelites. How did they know? What's interesting is they could have been reading what we consider the Bible, the Word of God, the Scripture. And, and some people, this is what's interesting, and this is just tradition. But many people believe that Daniel in the Old Testament that had gone through all the perils, you know, with the king and interpreting dreams and the lion's den and all that was such a great influence on the wise men of those days that generation after generation began to be influenced by his teaching about God, the true God. So one generation that comes into being are these wise men that have been waiting and expecting for years and years for the Savior to be born in Bethlehem, and they get on a trip just to be able to worship Him. Listen again. Where is the one who's been born King of the Jews? We saw a star in the east, and we've come to worship Him. You could say that the wise men came to Jerusalem. Ready? Looking for an opportunity to worship Jesus. I wonder how many times this Christmas that you've gotten by yourself and said, I'm so thankful, God, for what you've given me. And just by yourself, not in a church service, 
You know, not in a high tension area where you might be in traffic or something and all the things that are going on in Christmas, all the busyness, but just have you ever got to your place where you said, God, just, I'm so thankful. I'm so thankful. And God, I want to spend time just again right here at this place worshiping you for what you've done in my life, my family's life. Again, looking for the satisfaction in all the little peripheral of having the perfect Christmas tree or the perfect meal or the perfect get-together can leave you so disappointed. But Jesus, again, again, in saying that, in Jeremiah 29, it says, You will seek me and find me when you seek me with all your heart. I will be found by you, declares the Lord. See, so many times, again, we begin to look at things instead of the main thing, and we become disappointed. And what you expect, somebody else will expect something else. I think Christmas, too, really can be summed up in two words. It's either giving or expecting. You know, I, I heard a story about a, a wife and, and her and her husband were planning for Christmas and she said to her husband, you know what, I'm just going to leave it up to you this year what you're going to get me for Christmas, but I, I know you're going to get me something good and, and I'm pretty excited about it, but here's what I want you to do. On the 24th, Christmas Eve, I just want you to put it under the tree secretly and I'm going to wake up the next day and then I'll find it. And I, I, here, here's, here's all I want is just get me something that's going to make me look sexy. So on the 25th, she kind of got out of bed and she rolled in there thinking she might find some, you know, uh, lingerie or something like that. And to her amazement, she found an exercise bike. Think about it. Expectations are so important. Seek the right thing the opportunity to worship God in the right place, the Word of God. You know, the parable of the sower reminds us that the seed that was planted where thorns came up were, were things in the heart that were really able to choke out the Word of God and not make it productive. Those were things like the worries of this life, the deceitfulness of riches, and the desires for other things. This Christmas, don't put your hope and all of your expectations in those things, but in an opportunity to worship God. The, the second thing I want you to see is to make this Christmas above average and, and unusual and not being disappointed, but in focusing on giving the right thing. You know, sometimes when you think about Christmas, have you ever thought about the worst gift that you ever gave somebody? Maybe it wasn't the worst gift that you tried to give somebody, like a white elephant gift, but you actually just, you know, you're trying to give it, but you realize something just didn't work out. Anybody, anybody ever given one? Have you ever had an embarrassing situation? Can we turn down the heat, somebody? <laughs> no, I'm kidding. Anybody? Let, let me tell you this. One Christmas, I remember Gwen and I were married and we, we didn't make a lot of money and it came up Christmas and it's kind of a surprise to us. It fell on December 25th this year. But anyway, it came up on Christmas and we, we, we looked at our income and we, we really didn't have a lot of money and Gwen says, well, what are we going to give my mom and dad? And I thought, well, I don't know. What would you have in mind? And she said, I tell you what, 
I can make my mother a wreath, a Christmas wreath. It's going to be beautiful. And, and I remember, you know, again, trying to think, you know, what's the best gift for her? And, and, and okay, you make a wreath. And I remember Gwen made this beautiful wreath that was about 12 inches. Beautiful wreath. Not a lot of money, couldn't pay a lot of money. But I remember my expectations are different than my mother's laws. You know, I want to give her something. But my brother-in-law gave her something and she unwrapped their gift first, which was about a 24-inch wreath. And I realized, oh no. My expectations of giving her something was not the best gift, but at the same time, it, it fell short of what I wanted to do. This morning, again, in this Christmas story of giving the right things at Christmas, the, the wise men come onto this scene and part of their worship includes giving. They bring something with them. And, and I don't know if you've ever heard this, but all of those gifts that they brought, the gold, the frankincense, and the myrrh, all had prophetic meaning. The gold was given as a gift for a king and royalty. The frankincense was a gift that was given to a priest, which Jesus was the priest, used in ceremonies. The myrrh was a gift that was often given to the dead or the family to prepare the body. And matter of fact, at the end of the Gospels, in the, in the uh, burial of Jesus, actually myrrh was given and used on the body of Jesus. It was a perfect gift. And when you think about, as you've heard several times at our giving, our offerings, that, that God loved us so much that he gave his only begotten son. If our greatest problem as mankind was that we needed information, God would have sent us an educator. If he had known that our biggest problem was that we needed technology, he would have sent us a scientist. If our greatest need was to have money, he would have sent us an economist. If he had the, the thought of our pleasure would have been the greatest need that man would have had, he would have sent us an entertainer. But our greatest need was forgiveness, and God set a Savior for us. How beautiful that story is, and how appropriate it is for Christmas, not to, again, talking about material gifts, but the, the ability at Christmas time is to step out of yourself, and again, to remind yourself that it's a time of giving, but also the, the expectations are put in the right place. You know, I, I'm amazed when I go to a shopping mall, I mean, there, there's hundreds of people. And, and if you've ever gone to Walmart anywhere close to Christmas, you, you feel my pain? You know that, right? It can be raining, it can be snowing, but there's something about a draw of people to buy stuff at Christmas. Now, now have you ever stopped and thought about this? That, that the world that we live in right now is not a Christian world in this, in this country. And it's almost a kind of a, a thing that you, you don't talk about in public. A lot of people that well, that's private. But why is it that the Christianity that we all love and the, the belief in Jesus Christ and giving at Christmas and as a gift as these three wise men gave and as God gave His Son and how we've learned how to give during Christmas presents, that the world has taken on that too. What's amazing, too, is there are people that aren't even very friendly, and we all know that in our world. But there's something about this season of Christmas that people are going, Merry Christmas! Hope you have a great New Year! And you're going, where's that guy been all year? 
And as Christians, this is a wonderful time that I believe that God has created, that our culture that we live in, that we have the perfect gift to give every time the subject of Christmas comes up. That just like we talked about in Bruno that knew the lady that didn't even know that Jesus had been resurrected from the dead. A lot of people know that Christmas is about a baby and yeah, that, that Jesus guy that but giving the perfect Christmas gift that will last for eternity is the good news of him dying on the cross and being resurrected for us. I love the story of Christmas. This morning, giving the right thing, giving the, the ability to tell the story of God is so important to give, to give, to give. I heard a story about a young man, and he was just a boy. He's about in fifth grade, and his name was Chad. He was kind of nervous. He's a little shy, timid. And he was kind of a, not an outcast, but didn't have a, seemingly a lot of people to hang around in school. And one day he came home, and he told his mom, Mom, this Christmas, I want to make a Christmas card for all my classmates. And his mother said, all 35 of them? So for three weeks, she had gone out and bought him all the construction paper, scissors, and everything to make these 35 Christmas cards. He worked on them night and day when he came in from school. And his mother began to think she wasn't so excited about it because she wondered if he would even get one Christmas card from another classmate. The day of the party rolled around and he got all the cards that he had made and he rushed off to school. That day she began to worry about him and thought, oh no, will his heart be broken if nobody gives him one card? So she made cookies and milk and got them ready for him to get off the bus just in case, you know, as a kind of a second prize if nothing else. And so she was inside the kitchen working when she heard children and she realized the bus had pulled up and she looked out the window. And as he got off the bus, he didn't have anything in his hands. She began to cry. Chad came through the door and she said, Honey, I'm so glad you're home. I've got cookies and milk. But to her surprise, his eyes were lit up and he was smiling. He said, Mom, I did it. All 35, I didn't miss one student. I know one of my friends, every one of them I had a card for. This morning, your expectations might be in the wrong places of trying to get. But when you realize the greatest joy is in what we are able to give, it makes all the world difference in our lives this morning. I'd like to pray, and I'm going to ask our worship team to come up in a few minutes, and we're going to worship for a few minutes. Just like the wise men had a purpose to come to find, they don't even know his name, they don't know, but they come because the word of God said there's going to be a ruler born, and we want to come to worship him. Where are you this morning? Where are you this year in your expectations? Let's pray. Father, today, you've been so good to us. And Father, matter of fact, your word even says that we can delight ourselves in you 
because you will give us the desires of our hearts. God, that seems too good to be true. But God, it is true because we know that you are truthful. Father, this morning that we get to this place in the year, and, and Father, we don't just use it as a landmark, but God, we use it as a testimony of your goodness in our life. God, you have put us in the right place at the right time. God, to be a part of the right church, to bring about everything that you have purposed for us. The God that we believe that with you in our life, that we know that your word can put us in the right place. God, that we don't have to be worried that we're out of track, that we're not in the right place. God, you have put us right in the right track. Father, today we worship you and we've desired to give ourselves. God, we worship you with our heart, with all of our heart. In your name we pray. Amen.